Well, howdy. Happy February, Bruce. Why, thank you, Raj. And February is the month of blue, from what I can tell, because we're in blue on the blue ton. I have this is counterintuitive. And <laughs> the camera decided we would switch sides today. It's we're fun. It's having some. We we did not <laughs> switch sides. It just looks like we have, which I know that's going to throw a lot of our viewers off. But I promise stay with you, us, please. I'm please. the same goofball person that I've always we been. We cannot control technology. Isn't that isn't that true? We probably, <laughs> unlike anyone else that's ever done a podcast, have more technological issues. Is it because we're becoming like our parents? Don't don't go there. I mean, we we got on the YouTube. So I think that's pretty impressive. Well, blue may also reference your February birthday. Are you blue about turning 60? I said it. I just put it out in the atmosphere. So I'm a little ambivalent about turning 60. I was I was trying to decide, do I want to do a big party in my honor hosted by me? Which I hope I'm invited to. Which you would be invited okay, to. Okay, good. Just close friends. Good. Um, but I'm afraid it would turn into more of a blue roast. cup. <laughs> Not blue, but it's a Gatorade thing in case they want to pick us up as a sponsor. You just... There's that. nothing like electrolytes when you're doing a podcast. You respirate a great deal. Yes. No, I'm working. I was mentally on, on the way in working on my blog post for February 5th, which is Reflections on Turning 60. All right. Reflect away. Well, the first one is going to be people are going to think, but they're going to think. Because I've learned over time, when you try to manage what people think, people still think what they want to think. <laughs> and it's very emotionally draining trying to you know, right. do image management, brand management. People are going to think, but they're going to think. The second point like to the that. blog that's developing right now in my mind is it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't. And I realized for the, well, for the better part of my first 59 years, I worried way too much about what other people think. And I'm like, so that's the second point. Here's the third one. This is the clincher. You don't actually know what other people think. <laughs> so you're trying to manage someone else's thought process based on an assumption you have about what they think, and you don't actually know what they think. Therefore, referencing point one, which is people are going to think what they're going to think. And for me, it frees me just to love people. I don't have to worry about what they think because they're going to think what they're going to think. Yes. And sometimes they're going to take me out of context and go and think bad things. And sometimes they should think far worse of me than they do. <laughs> and it's, I mean, so it's true on both sides. Some people think of me far better than I am. Yes, Others, isn't that true? Isn't yeah. that interesting? The pedestal people. The pedestal. Oh, do we have a name for them? The pedestal people. These are the people that like to pedestalize you. Uh, we also call them fans. They're fans. Yeah, no, they're right. You know, and then there's other people who are always going to think a little less of you. These are often people that know you well. And that's okay, too, because as I mentioned in point two, it doesn't matter what people think. And so I'll finish the whole thing with what matters to me is what God knows because God knows my heart. So even if I happen to do the wrong thing, which I do more often than not, even when I, I'm trying to do the right thing, yep. but it turns out it's the wrong thing, right. I have to be willing to say, you know, but God knows my heart. And I know that sounds like a bailout, but it's true. Sometimes, even if you look at love others the way you want to be loved, well, the way I want to be loved 
is different than the way other people want to be loved. For instance, when when a person is diagnosed or, or passes, that's a that's a believer, that's a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. My first thought is not, I'm so sorry. It really is, gosh, I'm thrilled for them. And I share this regularly with you. I'm thrilled for them. I'm sad for right. you because I know that's a loss. But for some people, that can be maybe off-putting or that's not the time for that. But the reality is, no, I am thrilled for them. This is the this is the blessed hope. This is what makes us different than the rest of the world. This is death is just the start of a new chapter. So in my mind, I'm doing the right thing. Gosh, I'm so happy for them. But uh, people I can understand would potentially misunderstand that or not understand. Even like when I think about that time and place, whenever that is, when our parents pass, it's not that I'm ambivalent about that because I was wondering about this the other day because they're in assisted living now and it's just, you know, it's a different season of their life. But I'm like, my oh gosh, I'm excited for them. They've devoted their life to following Jesus, to serving the Lord. They've stored up treasure in heaven. Why would I not be thrilled for them to move from this life to what Jesus called the next? Yeah. So that's, but that's, that's an early, so that's coming out February 5th, next Monday. That's the blog post <laughs> it's called Reflections on Turning 60. I think you'll love it. Oh, and by the way, in the world of content management, I just heard an interesting statistic yesterday. So okay. a person who's big on content and where content's moving and algorithms and all that says this year will be the year that blogs make a comeback. Actually, something that people can read. Give me the thought behind that. It's interesting. Well, yeah. they didn't go into the, there was, it was like a radio station that just talked about, they the, didn't give me the, the return of the blog, but they're like, if you've been considering blogging, this is probably a good time to do that or returning to it. So I'm toying with, do I return to a blog that I was doing really regularly during the pandemic um, and was enjoying doing that. So we'll see. Yeah. I was blogging more before I started this, my daily video. Right. right. And because your daily video is a blog. It's a vlog. Right. But so, and I would have guessed that reading material would continue to decline. Um, though I'm not even pointing to statistics that say for certain sure. that's happening. Right. I just know what's happening with books and uh, other kinds of written material. Um, so yeah, that's, I would be, be very curious. Very to, interesting. Yeah. No, yeah. To know why, why they think why this pundit believes that blogging is going to make a, a return. And I maybe I should do some more research on that. But <laughs> it has several things have reminded me in the past two weeks that I'm a good writer. And so I need to be stewarding that more. Yep. It was very interesting. Even Marlena shared it last week because I just I had shared something with her that I'd written. And she's like, gosh, that's that's really good. Which is high praise from yep. Marlena. She's like, yep. you. So she, yeah, of course, you know, Marlena. So she started looking up freelance writers, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> how do you become a freelance writer? And she's like, you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year from home doing free. I said, really? Just freelance writing. Well, that would be great fun. Yep. Because I, I can write on demand. Like if someone gives me a topic and they're like, right. Hey, can you write an article on this? I'm like, yeah, I no, I, no, I, it's fun. I love writing as well. And this is just an interesting because we're both always asking the question, how do I steward the moment? How got what? How God has gifted me? Um, what people are looking for? Where the culture is going? Uh, what the 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 
need of the hour might be and then yep. you know where where's god leading me in any given moment um and i've really enjoyed writing and again feel like i have a gift there but have wondered if the lean more into video lean more into that well, kind well, of content I, I do think that you should start a youtube channel I, yeah i think for, i think that is of, on the a lot of different reasons one Everything you've done on Facebook is kind of owned by Facebook, so it could go away. Yes. Yep. Um, whereas YouTube, from what I understand, there's more proprietary rights that you maintain, which yep. is important. Um, yeah, I think people more could it'd be more accessible in many ways. Yeah, for and you people. can always post it on. You can always post it on Facebook, obviously. Right. Or if you got really good, you could do a Facebook Live and a YouTube Live at the same time. Yes, with our technology history, that would go well, I'm I, sure. I lied. I We could never do that. We haven't even figured out how to do a remote location YouTube Live. Like if I'm in Zimbabwe and Roger's here, we still haven't figured out how to just sync. Like, you know, the split screen that everybody else in the world can do. We, we can't. We can't do that. We're yet. not even sure if... We sound. have volume. Right. <laughs> if you can hear, if it's, you can hear us today, that's <laughs> the microphone is on and is plugged in. This much I know. So it's weird that I'm on the other side. <laughs> it's, it's bothering. It's bothering me a lot. Hey, I read. Our... Did you? <laughs> Great segue. Hey. Well, I was just saying something. Okay. Well, but it, we, not everything's a segue. It's just <laughs> we just talk about blogging. You read blogs, so I thought it was a great segue. Speaking of reading. <laughs> which I probably would have said. <laughs> yes. But that's, I'm the Segway King. No, you're, you're right. only the Segway Queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a word I use nearly as often as you do. <laughs> Segway. It's a great word. It's like squeegee. Um. <laughs> it is like squeegee. And then it's like, are you talking about the Segway, the little electric motorized, you know, thing that you ride around on? Segway. <laughs> For uh, or are you talking about this? mall cop. Blart. Uh -huh. Paul Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart Malka. It's it's funny when I used to read Segway, my mind read it as Segu. Segu, right. I'm like, what's a Segu? I'm like, I'm looking it up and I'm like, oh, it's a Segway. Got it. I've used the term a lot. I just had never used it in writing, apparently. A Segu. Oh no. Like like I remember like the word Vittle. <laughs> had no idea for the longest. It was Victual. Yeah, it's it's Victual. And Orange Utah. <laughs> Because it's, right. uh, there's no way that spells orangutan. It's an orange Utah. But we digress. You were reading. No, we need to be preparing. And I'm curious how you'd prepare for the apocalypse. a mass. Well, <laughs> it's it's going to be the cicada apocalypse. Really? This year? So this year, I just saw this rant. the 16th year? Well, actually, year? a friend of mine sent me. Or the 14th. Well, now it's very interesting that you even know enough to to oh, say that we have cicada we had a cicadas at plainview so there is a cicada family that goes on a 17-year cycle mm -hmm. and then so that 17th year is like woo. well there's another group that as on is on a 14-year cycle it's a different kind of thing but they are on a 14-year cycle yep. well this year they're both coming out in the same year, which well, which is a leap year, so that makes sense to me. Which hasn't happened since Thomas Jefferson was president, eighteen oh three. 
So you're saying on the farm, it's going to be even more noisy than ever. We're going to lose our hearing. <laughs> no, we're, we're so just going to stop, how far south stop the cicadas. cicadas. So all of our listeners up north, I mean, are they going to experience the cicada fest? Um, Midwest. So they also have cicadas. Right. Midwest and Southeast are going to be the, the ones. So like Illinois and right on down into the big Southeast. I don't think, yeah, that, you're, that it's a New England, th- but. Gosh, that's good to know. But cicadas, as you know, they can be. Oh, they're loud. They're loud. Well, they're, they're just saying billions and billions of cicadas are going to be descending. Well, and in, that's in April good. of this year, it's on, going to be. On the farm, we already have an incredible, uh, the closest, the best word I can describe as a plague of stink <laughs> bugs and ladybugs like they're getting in everywhere all the time like we have to run around the cottage with a vacuum sucking up stink bugs and, and ladybugs and i you know was looking up how you keep them out of your house and the thing is you have to seal up every potential possible opening everywhere anywhere that they can get in i'm like that that they're, that's just they're not evil. gonna happen <laughs> no they're no the last time i went to your house i saw a stink bug oh, um they're, a, a they're week ago. literally yes. everywhere <laughs> so no, and I took out. Good luck. Like, uh, yeah, I took out that old window and put in a new window. And and in the in the sill of the window, when I pulled back the the Tyvek, there was about one hundred of them nesting there. Oh gosh, I'm like, this is so gross. And they don't like do anything. I mean, it's and and if you do smash them or something, the stink is not. To me, it's almost like it's almost like a cleaner or smell well, like... I, ironically ladybugs stink more when you kill a ladybug oh really they actually stink more did not know that <laughs> yes I'm, so, well I don't, for what it's worth i don't kill ladybugs i have stepped on them a couple times accidentally but we do suck them. what you actually i guess i do kill them because <laughs> we just suck them into a vacuum and i'm pretty sure they don't we live. do it humanely raj we we don't we don't we don't swat them and kill them i did tell we Marlena. vacuum them and return them to the wild <laughs> In, in a trash can at a landfill they find a new home you are so noble no ladybugs or stink bugs were hurt in, in, the, the... in the making of this film so do you know that what stink bugs eat because i'm i'm curious i'm like they're all over the place so what are they eating uh i have no idea they just look to me like they're holdovers from the prehistoric period don't they, they do. Don't they look like that's a some great kind point. of dinosaur? They should have dactyl on the end of their name. Right. This is a beetle dactyl. No, I literally it's, it's funny when I see them, it's I, the, I think of dinosaurs. It's, it's a, a Tyrannosaurus beetle. Right. You're right. It is. It's a Tyrannosaurus beetle. They that's are good. a holdover, but they eat plant things. And right now we have a hundred plants inside because it's been cold outside. And I just told Marlene, I said, if you want to help us, you know cut down on the stink bug population in our house, we could keep more plants outside where they can eat them out there. And if said plants die, they can eat the dead plant. You take that up with Marlene. That's a whole nother, (laughs) it's a whole nother world of things. So yeah, what are we talking about today? Raj? Hope for the future. Oh, hey, I listened to that face cast that you did. Was it Tuesday about everyone's giving up hope on this generation? And you made a great point about, all right, in every generation, people say, oh, it's not like the good old days when we were growing up. Now, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, pretty sure they were saying that in the first century. Hasn't every generation said, 
kids these days. Yeah. That lousy kids in their rock and roll. And I right, it, lousy I realize kids in their rap music. They're and it's a funny, it's 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 really I've thought about it. It's a kind of pride of generation. Oh, yeah. Nobody is saying. I, I I've never heard, you know, this emerging generation, they're smarter than we are, they're more moral. They're so much better. They're things are things are moving up. I mean, the so we're saying even about when you think our kids are well, they're they're stepped down from, you know, even with the the book Brokaw wrote the the greatest generation. Well, even while we're using that, but it's it's never the next generation. In other words, we're, right? we're never saying it's the. So part of this thing, I was trying to speak into. What is this very human? All you people out there going hand wringing. Yeah. Oh, this next you know, as if as if our parents didn't do the exact same thing and their parents didn't do the yep you're all hand ringers but i was thinking back to again generation before our generation oh these hippies, the, hippies. oh everything's going free love and drugs and and the, the what it always goes that well what's gonna what's gonna become of our country what's gonna become of the future What's going to happen to my grandkids in this kind of, um, so I, the, uh, yeah, my first thing when I think of that is I, it, I always get this check in my spirit when I hear this, cause I hear, again, it's all the time, uh, music this day. It just wasn't like we had, you know, the good old days. Yep. And I'm not saying I've never felt that. I have to laugh at myself when I just see the mirror. This is, this is all of human history you keep going back this next generation it's just go it's so I mean, so why we do that is a yeah yeah i think you pointed out something i never thought about which is generational pride like we were the best generation you know i'm on the very end of the baby boomers which is fascinating to me because i don't typically act like that <laughs> i'm much more like the like the baby busters in that sense yeah even more even more gen x on that front, that might be the same generation in the way that I think, in the way that I process things. <laughs> I get all the generations and their, and their well, acronyms getting, all. Well, and they're getting shorter. So right. now, because culture can change so fast, right. you could have a generation in five years. Now this is the XYZ generation. <laughs> That's a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That was born, that was born in this month. Generation Y, because they're struggling so much with the Y chromosome and all, it's just interesting how, how culture shifts so fast. Okay. But what you pointed out that was so good and gave me so much hope, which is actually my job, you were kind of getting into my lane that day, but that's okay. <laughs> we can't all be, you know, there can't just be one purveyor of hope. Stop the hand wringing about the next generation. But Roger pointed out that you realize God's been at work in every generation. God was at work in the hippie generation. When you, if you haven't watched the movie, Jesus Revolution, you it's need to watch good. it. Like I said, I, I've told you about it before. I cried both times I watched it. But it was the beautiful thing that in this generation of drugs and hopelessness and suicide and experimentation of all sorts, Jesus was doing his thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus was at work. He had a plan. He had a plan. It's not like he was. Okay, that's another great point. Jesus has never wrung his hands. Right. Ever. Great. I love that. Even with his disciples, because there's times where, I, frankly, I would have been wringing my hands. Now, a couple of times there was some sighs. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, like, what does it say at some point? Yeah, he, he, How long do I have? There, oh, <laughs> so Jesus was like the guy 
in the progressive commercial that helps people not yes. become like their parents. And he it's just a, goes, no, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to call down fire from heaven. Okay? I do. I didn't come here to kill people. I came here to save people. That's actually a basic tenet of what we're doing, fellas. Right. That's good. I love it. Good times on the pastors. But it is true. And in our generation, it's easy to go, man, we've got, there's, there's so many vices out there, but I realize, but there's been vices, sexual vices. Uh, even when you look at the history of abortion, I was surprised at how far back it went. So I'm talking pre predating Jesus. Right. People were having abortions. They, they had ways of do it. They had ways of doing it. So it's not like an, it's not like a new thing. People have been experimenting with drugs since the beginning of human history. Right. I would think Adam and Eve and, and beyond, you know, now he, so here's what's it. Oh, you, no, I'm just saying, can you imagine Adam and Eve there? They started the fire. They're burning this plant. They haven't burned before. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I feel really good. <laughs> let's burn, let's burn that again. Let's burn that plant again. <laughs> Woo. I'm just feeling so. There's going to be a hot time in the old so town tonight. <laughs> no, so it's like, it's, it's like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, but we feel like there is. And, and you said it well, there is some kind of generational pride. Well, it's the, it's the funny thing of seeing, right, in the moment, we see ourselves better than we are. Yeah. I'm saying in the generational yeah. moment, and we don't, we can't see, it's part of what, every generation has its lostness. Every, uh, yeah. every right. generation has the parts of the heart of God they're missing that they don't see. Right. Um, so I could look at, you know, again, even this conversation, the good old days when we had prayer in public schools, but there's also, yeah, when we didn't have black kids. Right. Because we did. Yeah. We had and we didn't see any issue with that. Right. But these were the days when kids, kids weren't battling anything more than chewing gum in school. No, but, but we were segregated and we were prejudiced and we were, I mean, in other words, every, and so here's the comedy. If I just, this other reminder, like from everything I'm reading, like, the emerging generation is far less sexually active. Now think about that. That's interesting. So you have the hippie generation, yep. free love, man. Yep. I mean, it's just uh, the song Love Shack and we're, you know, little old place where we can get together and and, and free love and, and whatever. Sky rockets in flight, <laughs> afternoon delight. delight. That was great fun. So, but you know, the funny thing, so that was, we were looking and said, well, the next gen, well, here's what's, the next generation actually isn't nearly as obsessed with mm. sexual activity and, and promiscuity. And, yeah. and it's this interesting, but we can't see, we're always going to find the place where the next generation is lesser. Yeah. It's more flawed, more flawed. And, but there's, a, but there, I love what you said. There's a, there's a lostness in every generation. Yes. I was even looking back in first century, because when I, when I read scripture, I'm like, you know, so most of this is written in the first century, New Testament. So I'm like, yeah, what was culture like back then? So you look at um, pedophilia was kind of the norm in Roman culture with with older men and younger boys. And, I mean, and we would say that's horrific. Yeah. You also had even Caesars that cross-dressed and wore makeup and presented as a woman. So it's like gender identity issues they're mm -hmm. not it's not new not right it's been going on and it's probably and of course going on even before the first century and so in that sense there is nothing new under the sun it is that how do we what is a gospel response to any culture 
and and uh, you, of course you're always reminding us which is so good how do we seize this moment in time in culture in our generation to make the impact to join jesus in what he's already doing because he is at work right and, and the gospel is as profoundly life-changing today as it was in the previous Ex generation and the previous exactly. generation and the previous generation. So if you're saying, here's why I'm super hopeful about the future is first of all, God already has a plan. He's already raising up people. Um, actually, what's hurting the next generation is the previous generation stereotyping them and giving up. Oh, oh, uh, they're, they're, well, they're so far gone. They're this, yes. this, this. So this stereotyping and then almost this kind of not just hand wringing, but then hands in the air. There's nothing we can do. This and, they're they're too they're too far gone. And, and we move to insulation. Yes. So now it's us and them. We need to we've got to somehow separate from them. They're going so far. We'll bunker. We'll bunker around our Christian values. Yep. Um, we haven't given up on the faith, but this generation has. and. When, but God is calling us, and this is what is hopeful, is I think Christians that are paying attention to the the God who has got a plan, yep. oh, and the gospel has not lost any of its power right. to change. The resurrection hasn't lost any of its life-changing capacity. What actually gets is changed is our trust in God. What are we... So, so maybe that's the great maybe that's the great work of the enemy in every generation. Yes. To to say, yeah, this generation's too far gone. Don't even don't even try to reach out. Don't even try to make a difference. Don't. It's just it's just too far gone, and that's just think you're superior and give up. Yeah. Those are two great. I mean, you think about some of his classic lies. It's thinking you're better than. All right, I'm superior, and then thinking something's hopeless. I'm sure C.S. Lewis covered this in the Screw Tape Letters somewhere. <laughs> I should probably read it again because there's nothing that Roger and I have ever thought of that CS didn't think of first. Okay. Let's just face it. Not that I'm even putting us in that category. Well, I am sort of putting us in that category, but it's true. So don't give up, seize the moment. It, uh, what's the embrace this generation. It's even like, cause I figure out how do I embrace culture without like approving of all culture? How do I love people and right. accept people without, because it's, it's a thing that I run to run into with parents and counseling a lot. I'm like, you can always give your children affirmation and acceptance. And it doesn't mean blanket approval of everything that they do because you can't do that. Right. But but Jesus said, love others the way I've loved you. And so Jesus loves me with all my flaws and foibles. And and it's not a blanket approval of everything Bruce ever does. But he loves me, cares for me and takes care of me and guides me and leads me. And when I, when I mess up, he gets me back on track. And it's, that's the way we should be with others instead of hand wringing or throwing our hands up because they're off track. What can we do to help them get on a better track? And someone else said something that I was listening to this week that was so good about talking with anybody, but yep. particularly generation to generation, we're, we're speaking to a new generation. And we might look and say, oh, they're going some directions or maybe the nuns, the people that kind of given up their faith. And she contrasted beautifully confrontational conversations and curious conversations. She yeah. said, I've learned to start questions with, she said, like even with my kids yeah. or with, uh, with, again, this could be someone across the aisle from you, different political, whatever. She says, I use the phrase much more. I wonder. I 
I wonder if this stress that you're feeling might be related to this. So it's not, I just think about the posture of, I've got all the answers. You're wrong. I'm right. Right. Here's why. And I know exactly why you're struggling. And, but where you come into actually something that invites a conversation. Yeah. An attack doesn't invite a, you know, a sermon doesn't invite a conversation, but uh, you know what? I wonder if. Yeah. And, and I, it, you know, it's so funny, you're, you're now getting into my counseling realm because this is what I teach couples constantly. Instead of asking potentially accusatory questions hmm. or conversational questions, even something, because a lot of people do this, what's wrong with you? They And they don't think anything of the problem with that question. Right. But the problem has an assumption. The basic assumption is I'm fine, but something's wrong with you. Right. But if you just say, hey, how are you feeling today? It's a curious question. Yes. It's an open-ended curious question. Then the person can respond or not. They don't feel like talking about it. That's fine too. And you haven't assumed. I haven't assumed. That that doesn't have a built baked in assumption. Or what did I do now? Also not good. <laughs> also problematic. I'll cross that off my list. Okay, yeah. I'll stop using that. Was that was Roger's favorites. But like, even if if I can tell Marlene is in a, in a difficult space or whatever, instead of saying, hey, what's wrong with you? And say, hey, how are you feeling today? And then Marlena has the opportunity. Sometimes she doesn't want to talk about it. Yep. That's fine too. But it gives her space to talk about it without me going, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I feel fine, but something's wrong with you. So do you want to talk about that? Well, at that point, they don't want to talk about it because it just makes it feel like, yeah, you're not going to understand because you think something's wrong. Yeah. But if I just say, how are you feeling? And a person might say, I just feel uncertain or I feel anxious. Yep. And there may not be a why that they know. And this is the importance. Did you tell, did you talk about the fifth why? I'm using that a lot in counseling right now. I'm not. Yeah, you talk about being oh, like yes. an annoying child that, yes. that asks five whys. Why this? And then ask another why. Right. Not to be annoying, but often it's when you get to the fifth why, you get to the root, the core the of real... why I feel what yeah. I feel. And it's that's way too much for you today. And we've got 12 seconds. Have hope in 2024 for your life and the next